We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas for work. I'm your host this week, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. Thanks for joining me. Earlier this year, we talked with, talked with uh, Estella Williams, president of the NAACP Fort Worth Tarrant County chapter, and we're glad that we can speak to her again to end the year. Now, Ms. Williams, refresh our memory about your upcoming and upbringing and how your path took you to becoming the president of the NAACP in Fort Worth Tarrant County. Good morning, Chris. Most definitely, I want to say thank you for the opportunity. Sure. Uh, I have been actually the president uh, for now three and a half, four years. And um, my background, I retired from federal government after 38 years. My last uh, tenure of, of career tenure was as a civil rights director uh, out of the national office of uh, Washington, D.C., um, had various uh, responsibilities that caused me to travel nationwide. Uh, I have a niece that always called me Miss Nationwide. Hmm. But involved with civil rights, uh, Title VI, Title Seven for those would be employment as well as programs and responsibilities in the Department of Agriculture. Uh, many people have heard about the plight of the farmers. Uh, one of the major issues, initiatives was the black farmers. And so I was involved in that, actually having to uh, visit and deal with farmers, landowners, persons who were involved in agriculture. Uh, and I guess really, uh, when I think back on my career, it was for the people, about the people, and to provide support and assistance to the people. And so I guess when I think back to the NAACP, my beginnings, I became a member of the NAACP at the age of nine years old. Wow. Uh, yeah. We had a, um, the church I attended, the Mother Church of Fort Worth, Mount Gilead. Our youth pers- uh, director was one who believed in the organization, and one of the things that she taught us was also to believe. So as a youth, I became a member of the NAACP and have just kind of grown up in it, not knowing that I would end up being... Um, in the seat of leadership at, you know, this stage of my life. But there is a word that says, hey, he knows the plan that they're in store for you when we don't even know ourselves. And so um, my former uh, president, uh, Dr. Nehemiah Davis, was in the position for over 20-something years and uh, has since expired. Uh, but I 
was privileged to sit under his wings and to learn and to grow and not know that this is where I am today. Ms. Williams, let's go back to your nine years old again. I want to try to paint a picture of for everyone here how a nine-year-old could be actively involved in the NAACP. Can you talk about your memories and what you would do when you were nine years old and the people you would interact with? You know, it's it's amazing, uh, Chris, with the NAACP, and, and it just doesn't stop with the organization. But when you have individuals who believe in, we didn't have an, uh, an understanding at that age as to what the the mission was so much or the objective. Right. But, you, you know, we were around individuals starting in your household, in my household, who truly believed in equality and, and justice and, you know, things that being really sincere about helping, those were the things that were, again, the equality and rights and then to eliminate unjust activities against other individuals. Really the Constitution, believing in what was embodied in the Constitution of the United States. At nine years old, you didn't have... Mm-hmm the ability to have an understanding as it was painted that way. But, you you know, I was able to be able to see the actions of individuals who were actually about d- dignity and freedom and respect, those things. And so they were filtered into me as a child. And when we talk about as a youth, again, these were things that we were part of. With the youth uh, endeavors of the NAACP, uh, truly knowing, learning of how to do things, learning how to be about the business of just trying to live a good, wholesome, and outstanding, upstanding life. Uh, and when you look at the, like I said, the organization as a whole now, and as I've been able to learn as I continue to grow, then those were things that we were being taught. We were being taught the mission and the vision and the objectives of the NAACP. They were just not called that. Was it like a family type atmosphere where, you know, your family would take you to the meetings or tell oh, me indeed. tell me what it was it, like? You know, I tell you, it's just to see the life that my I have a six and a half year old granddaughter. Well, she'll be seven next month. But it's amazing how to see the things that have been implanted and things that we're instilling in her, that's one of the things that my daughter said to me some years ago. She said, you know, she's going to get in school because all she's going to know how to do is attend meetings to be able to respond to people's questions as much as she can because that's what I was exposing her to, and she's still exposed to that now. Those were things that I was exposed to at a young age, attending the meetings of the NAACP, attending the conventions, you know, being in the presence of persons making decisions about the lives of other people. And so definitely those qualities and those kinds of things were things that were provided to me, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing that with my granddaughter, she hears me, and she's attended NAACP meetings and things. Whenever I answer the phone and I'm giving out information, and I will say to the caller, let me give you an email address, she says it. She already knows it. Wow. And she, 
she's verbalizing these things, you know, and she will even ask me, "Are you are the president of the NAACP? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, I just have to still make sure. <laughs> so, you know, that's, here she's at five and six years old, four, you know, four and five is when, you know, we were in meetings, she was going with me because I took care of her. So she was just, this was being generated into her as well. She is a life member, uh, became a life member at two years old. And so these same things, you know, I want her to be able to know. These are things that I was taught. And so, yeah, you attended meetings. You were in the presence of individuals who believed in what the NAACP stood for, who believed in what righteous living stood for. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's always been a part of me. So let's go back to also when uh, maybe when you were a teenager and this has always been a part of your life and before you were you know, formally an adult, was there anything that you guys did in particular that was really profound to you as a teenager or a, a mid-schooler, something that some activity that the NAACP did that you were a part of or that just really laid an impression on you that you said, you know what, I'm going to be about this my entire life? Well, you know, Chris, the thing is that I can remember is that I was never one who set out to be a speaker, mm -hmm. uh, one to be in front of groups or organizations, but I can remember one of the things we were taught is that you didn't have a choice when there was a convention. You were taught leadership skills. Again, you know, we didn't, they weren't told, it wasn't told that, we're preparing you to be a leader. We're preparing you to do this. But it was like those are things that we were taught. And so at the convention, you know, we were taught how to keep records. You know, it wasn't a matter that you're secretary, but it was a matter of here it is what you're to do. Um, you, you know, I had to take part to my, my, again, preparing speeches, you know, preparing outlines of a mm -hmm. speech, doing things in order to address a group. And with those mentors and role models that I had, starting at home again, um, you had no choice then to know that you represent not only yourself, but you represent the village. And so we, I was a part of, you know, the conventions. I was a part of the organizations that I had to represent the organization of the NAACP and any other organization I was invited to. And so that paved the way as to where I am, I guess, today. Um, I can remember, Chris, you know, whenever growing up as a child, we didn't have the opportunity to get out and play on the sidewalks, but we could hear the, the children in the neighborhood outside playing. I had a grandmother who said to us, reading, and, and that was before the, the, the statement, reading is fundamental. Mm -hmm. She didn't put it that way, but she said reading is the key to life. Yes. And so we would have to read, and we didn't just read for the fun of it, but we read in order to be able to understand. And so we were inside reading, and you had to make sure what you read you understood, and you had to be able to know what you read enough to share with not only my grandmother, who was also an educator, who was one that paved the way for us, but 
I can remember saying to her, when I get grown, I'm not going to ever read. And she <laughs> said, well, you'll have a, <laughs> she said, well, you'll have a long way to go. And she said, because the thing of it is, reading will prepare you. She said, you don't know ever if you'll get an invitation to talk to someone at the White House or if you'll get an invitation to talk to someone or people at an outhouse. Mm-hmm. But wherever you end up, at least I won't have to worry about you not knowing how to address the caliber of people you're in front of. We are talking with Miss Estella Williams, the president of the NAACP Fort Worth Tarrant County chapter, and she's been telling us oh on our on our Better Living show about her experiences with the NAACP since she was nine years old. Now for those who aren't very familiar with the NAACP, can you kind of walk us to through some of the history on what exactly the organization does. And it's amazing that the NAACP has been around since 1909, and the Fort Worth Tarrant County branch has been around since 1934. You know, Chris, certainly. Um, that is one of the things that we tro- we really like for people to have knowledge about our organization. Because just on Sunday, I was uh, involved with a tour here in the city. And it was an opportunity to provide some knowledge as to who we are, what we are, what we're all about. The NAACP, as you said, uh, again, we say NAACP for short, but it's the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Now, we do have persons, persons of color, persons mainly of color, who will say, why don't you all change your name? However... I share with them, just as it has been noted, that our name is such that it represents all people. When you think back to the history of the NAACP, the organization was started by a group of individuals who were diverse in race, diverse in religion. You know, it was diversity that was embodied at that time. And so as an organization, we are founded on the belief in the embodied in the Constitution, whereas we support the democracy and dignity and the freedoms. We believe that our organization is one who represents all people. Of all and colors. When you look at the word colored in the name, it's not being a derogatory thing for a race of uh, persons of color, but it is one that encompasses all bodies of people. Our membership here in Fort Worth is one that is made up of persons of many races. Mm -hmm. And that's what the organization is about. When we talk about the, our objectives and our mission, our vision, again, it's all individuals. We feel that all individuals have the right to uh, individual rights, you know, freedom, justice, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, we cannot be an organization who says we only represent one group. We represent and embody people as a whole. That's what the Constitution is supposed to be about, and that is exactly where we, as an organization, we embody those principles as well, regardless of your race, your gender, your creed, or your religion. Now, you, you know, mentioned those some... principles. You mentioned those principles. So say if someone supports and joins the NAACP, what can they expect? And can you tell us what they are exactly supporting, those principles? 
what can they expect? Mm-hmm. In joining the NAACP, um, again, we would definitely want the individuals to have knowledge about what it is we represent. Yes. Our membership is open to any person who, in, in accord with the principles and the policy of the organization, you know, as long as those things are, are adhered to, again, it's open to all parties. In any of the cities, um, we have units, what we call units or branches, mm-hmm. and we have constitution bylaws that we must follow, which are, are again, outlined through the national as well as regional and state levels. And coming into the organization, certainly, again, having knowledge as to what we are about, what we represent. If those things cannot be embodied and embraced, then certainly the membership is not one that is open to you. We, again, as an organization, we want to be a part of things where we can remove burials or even racial discrimination mm-hmm. and in anything that is not of the democratic process. Um, we want to, you know, enforce and, and make sure that laws are advised by. We're, again, not an organization who you're not going to see us out uh, doing things just because. You know, there is a reason behind it. One of the critical things with our organization, we have approximately um, over, well, over 20 various uh, committees, mm-hmm. um, standing committees. And with these committees, the standing committees, they are committees that focus on education, focus on political action, focus on legal, re- you know, legal things. And so because of the various committees, you know, even the armed services, just a myriad of, of, of committees that has to provide the work that is required of the organization. And it gives an opportunity for these individuals to come in and say, you know, I have a desire to support, let's say, education. I'm concerned. Uh-huh. We have the committee. Then those persons actually come in, provide help and support in order to make sure that the mission, the vision, and the objectives for the organization are achieved through the various committees. Now, you mentioned the different committees, and I know that you probably field a lot of phone calls or get letters or emails from individuals that need certain kinds of help. It may be legal help. It may be uh, financial assistance or housing assistance. Can you talk about some of the phone calls that you get and some of the the situations that you guys have been able to walk people through? Most definitely, Chris. You know, we have, you mentioned housing. Again, there are laws, there are regulations that people, you know, have, and they're in place in order to, you know, to make sure that things are being handled and done legislatively. Yeah, equality, equality. That's exactly. We have a, a housing uh, committee, and we just, I guess as of even yesterday, I was talking with our housing chair because we got a complaint from an individual who was dealing with a situation regarding what uh, really unlawful acts. Mm-hmm. And so when we receive the phone call, what we do is require that the individuals provide it to us in writing regardless of what the situation is, it's one thing to listen to what someone is telling you, but sometimes people can speak via emotions. 
And so we require that complaints or whatever your IOP sometimes will say issues. Mm-hmm. Whatever the issue is, we require that you submit it to us in writing. Therefore, it gives you a chance in order to write this out, but hopefully you're reading what you're writing and it gives it a more directional point of view. And so once we got that complaint uh, or issue that is submitted to us, it's directed to whichever area it is. Again, just recently it was a uh, housing issue. And so that chair and that committee has to address whatever the situation is if it means talking with, um, well, it's going to mean talking with the individual as well as looking into the situation. We have a criminal justice chair who, if there are situations, as you know, right now, so many of the talks that we hear about, uh, it's with the police department. Mm -hmm. And so we're fortunate enough to have a criminal justice chair and a committee who actually looks into any complaints uh, that might come our way or issues that may be brought to us in line with the police department, giving guidance, giving directions, uh, you know, just being able to say to the individuals, let us take a look at this. Is it really a bona fide complaint or is this something that needs to be just worked out? And we provide education. It helps to educate the individual that everything you can't say, everything is about discrimination. Right. And so, again, it's an opportunity to provide some knowledge. But we, you know, deal with any of those situations. If it's from a situation concerning education, mm-hmm. uh, our person who's the chair in that committee, that is provided to them, and, and that individual has to address it based on the complainant as well as dealing with the school system itself. It sounds uh, like sometimes it, with, uh, uh, you're the board go- members in a life. Yes. Pardon me? I was saying it sounds like sometimes you're the go-between as far as helping people communicate with certain agencies or at least having a committee with the NAACP turn over the people to the agency that can help them best. Absolutely. We are certainly ones who are in the community that want to be about the community as well as the, what you said, that point of being of being able to say you know we will listen but let us direct you yes we don't have any staff um so many times we get individuals who for instance we don't handle we don't deal with felony cases Mm -hmm. but what we do when persons call we want to provide them with avenues but again to be able to say we're not paid staff some people say well what are you doing well most of the people who are part of the NAACP a lot of them are actually workers. They are actually functioning in the world of, as an employed person. But we're volunteers that are committed to doing what it is that we can do. Um, and so we, we are a filter, I would say that, and an educator within the organization in which we exist. Uh, we are, again, like, for instance, just last month, thinking in terms of the voter initiatives that took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have in, uh, individuals that were actually going to the polling site. Let me first state we're a nonpartisan organization. Correct. And so we take the time out to 
assist in any areas that we can in order to make sure that people are registered. Uh, a key component is, as I've all said to the, the organizational people, is that it's not enough just to get them registered. It's not enough just to know that they will be receiving that registration card. But the critical piece is education. You know, we need to make sure they understand what to expect when they show up at the polls. And so we are in busy with that. We were very, very uh, involved with the voter initiatives uh, from a nonpartisan standpoint. And so, uh, you know, we just we're there. Uh, if there are situations that occur, uh, you know, we've we've heard where there were at times when people were not allowed to actually go in to cast their vote or to, you know, get their votes surrendered. Uh, but we have individuals who actually, our political action uh, chair was the one who, again, arranged for the for us to any individuals who were wanting to volunteer to assist. We had phone banking. With the phone list that we have, it's not one that separates out one party from the other, but it's just a matter of providing phone banking to individuals to know the importance of the right that you have if it's been given to you. Educating individuals when we think in terms of even the voting, so many individuals who have had stints with um, with the criminal justice system, mm -hmm. they didn't realize that, you know, they were capable or eligible to, to vote. Right. And so the education provided to them opened up a whole new venue by saying to them, if you're not on paper, you're eligible to do so. I'm glad you brought up all the different factors because, you know, the power to vote is one of the most important things any individual who is eligible in America, they can do. And they don't realize the power. And sometimes, it's, like you said, it's only about the education. They just don't know what they don't know. And that's why I'm glad you guys were, are around for them to turn to. Again, we're talking with uh, Ms. Estella Williams, the president of the NAACP Fort Worth Tarrant County chapter. And speaking of education, because you, you've peppered that into this entire conversation, which I totally enjoy, because you are an educator. Can you talk about the NAACP and how you guys are able to reach out to the youth whether through financial aid or scholarships as far as furthering their education. Absolutely. You know, uh, it's amazing that with our organization, with the branch here in Fort Worth, uh, through our education committee and, you know, under the auspices of our, the branch itself, we provide um, three annual scholarships. Uh, one uh, scholarship is named in honor of Judge L. Clifford Davis. Uh, many people who know Judge L. Clifford Davis, uh, one that has a wealth of, of, of experience and uh, being so instrumental in the civil rights movement here in the city. So we have a scholarship in his honor. Then we have two others uh, that we provide on an annual basis. Uh, these scholarships are open to individuals, again, with the intent of definitely attending a college. We also have one that is um, coordinated in conjunction and, and with 
attached to TCU, Texas Christian University. Mm -hmm. That is a four-year scholarship that is provided to a deserving student. Um, And that scholarship is given on every four-year basis. And we have had individuals who have, again, uh, achieved success through that endeavor. Uh, We have once the student now just came in with the new uh, year, well, yeah, this coming, this year that just started Mm -hmm. for the educational time, uh, who is at TCU, uh, received the scholarship, and certainly we're looking forward to the greatness that is going to be provided to her um, with having been endowed with that particular scholarship. It is a scholarship, like I said, given only for every four years. Um, We also, again, have, through our education uh, area, we provide opportunities of, of mentoring students. Uh, nice. A lot of the members of that committee are educators. Uh, one is a former superintendent. Uh, we have them that are school board members. And so education is cer- certainly an area of importance. You know, I always say education is power. And so you don't gain that power if you don't have the education. You know, it's so funny you you mentioned that. I swear one of my biggest things I say when I speak to kids is the power of knowledge. I have a conversation on that topic alone, so you and I are on the same page. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's definitely my belief. You know, education is power. And, you know, talking about our youth, I just want to share with you, uh, Chris, in the month of October, we always have uh, what we call our Freedom Fund, it's normally a Freedom Fund banquet. Uh, h- however, this year, with COVID being real, mm-hmm. we could not do what we have done in the past. But I'm grateful for the committee that was in place. Uh, committee chair was Ms. Lorraine Miller and um, Nader Ruddock and, and Blake Mormon and just a myriad of individuals who uh, were a part of the committee, but those were the chair and the uh, alternate uh, vice chairs of the committee. We celebrated what we call the Freedom Fund virtual event. And this year it was actually targeting, honoring, uh, and really featuring students, our AXA winners. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, like I said, virtual. Eugene Lee, who is a playwright, who is a actor, scream actor, you know, just homegrown talent. Yes. Represent. Are you familiar with Eugene Lee? I've heard of him, but I haven't met him yet. Okay. Well, he actually was our featured uh, individual for our, our event. Nice. For this event. But during this particular uh, event, virtual event, we highlighted youth who had participated with our AXO program. And our AXO program is one that is of students uh, who participate during the conventions that we have every year. And so we were fortunate to highlight them. And I, that event may still be out there on our website. But again, we wanted to highlight our students yes. as well as focus and, and you know, horn in on the uh, events of being uh, the, the arts. And so we have a young lady who actually is a uh, 
I don't know what her title would be, but a pianist. Okay. And she was featured in uh, doing this event as well. Those who perform in singing, those in art. So again, we wanted to highlight our students who participated in the AXO program. And it was very much of a, a just a dynamic event if, that I have to just give credit to those who were a part of it. You know what's so amazing? Yeah, that sounds so fantastic. You know what's amazing? In this day and age of 2020 with the pandemic, a lot of events have you know had to be creative and go virtual or go uh, uh, use different techniques to reach people. Has 2020 been a challenge for the NAACP in Fort Worth, Tarrant County um, because of the pandemic? Have you had a lot of Zoom meetings or, or uh, where people drive through or drive by to, to do things instead of actually, you know, congregating because of social distancing? You know, uh, uh, Chris, I am one that truly always try to maintain a belief that a glass is not half empty, but it is half full. Yes, ma'am. So I don't use the words as such as that it's been a challenge. I truly look at it as it has been different. And with the differences, it has caused individuals, even with us, to think different, to be able to either, you know, say we're going to just sit here and dwell in the aftermath or the, the situation of COVID-19, or we're going to think outside the box and figure out what it is we can do. How can we try and continue to do the work that's set before us? Certainly it has been different, but if you look at it as being the glass being half full, you got another half that you can fill up. Yes. And not think of it as being half empty and it's going to deplete itself. And so it has been different. Uh, we have had meetings Typically, our meetings are always once a month. Um, they still are once a month. Third Tuesday of the month, 6 o'clock, but they're done via the virtual means. Uh, we have had, just as I stated about the Freedom Fund event, little did I ever think that we would <laughs> be able to have our celebration right. as we've had for 86, you know, this is the 86th year that... Um, here it is, we had to be creative, and we were able to, again, present our Freedom Fund event, virtual. Now, there are some who have said, well, we just, we can't do it, we don't know how, whatever. It takes creativity. Yes. It takes, it takes people who believe in you. And so, with that being said, you know, I am so grateful for sponsors. Uh, it's always you know, you don't ever have enough of them, mm -hmm. but I'm grateful for those who believe in us enough that they were our sponsors of the event, and we were able to present it. You know, we laughed and said, you know, we're used to having that banquet where people come in and they have the salad and the, the plated meal as well as the dessert and the drink. We knew we were not going to be able to do that. So, again, we had to be creative with how we did what we did. And we were able to do, again, continue with what has been done in the past. Uh, thanks to our sponsors and those persons who, again, believed in our vision, our mission, the objectives of our organization. You know what I liked about what you just said? 
You talked about recognizing opportunities, and one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Robert F. Kennedy, where he said, some people see things as they are and ask why. I mm-hmm. dream things that never were and ask why not. And why I, not? Yeah, I That's love your exactly. attitude. Exactly. So, so with that with that in mind, we like I said, this is a pandemic, but they have announced that they've got a vaccine, and they're going to start trying to distribute this. Can you talk about any ways the NAACP is trying to help at all with the pandemic as far as helping people out, or is there an opportunity for the um, NAACP Fort Worth, Tarrant County to do any of these things? You know, one of the things that we have been, and, and again, um, well, as you mentioned earlier about some of the things that we're involved in, you know, when this pandemic, um, we were introduced to the things that were occurring with the pandemic, we got lots of calls from family members, from individuals, uh, mainly, especially with the prison system. Yes. If, you know, and so... It was going crazy in the prison system early on, yeah. Absolutely. And so we were a part of trying to help families and trying to help those individuals who were actually in the prison system to be able to have some rights and to be able to know what it is they could do and what they could not do. We ended up, um, again, working with uh, Congressman Mark Vesey, uh, different individuals to say, we need your help. And so we were the filter, again, for trying to make sure that the people were not forgotten. Um, you know, we are concerned, again, with the educational endeavors, because why? There are those who are not in school, our children. Mm-hmm. And when we think about the pandemic, how it's affected our, our children. Um, not everybody has the gift of teaching. There are those who are considered as parents who need to be taught as well. And so it is very much of a concern. We have been there to be a support to the city of Fort Worth of letting them, people know here are testing sites. Right. You know, whatever we can do to help the people of the community to know, you know, this is what's available. Uh, we don't have any information that has been directly provided to us. Our national office is one that keeps us abreast of, you know, the things that are being filtered or being provided. It gets provided at the local level as well. And so we fall in line to do those things that are being implemented from national standpoint to the state, you know, regional as well as the local level. And as far as the uh, vaccine that's coming, Again, we have not uh, been contacted as to say, here's what it is, how it is, you know, the protocol that will be provided. But we stand ready as a, an advocacy group in order to be able to assist in that arena as well. That is fantastic. One of the things I think in terms of, we do have a health uh, committee. Uh, our health committee has been most um uh, assisting in in the area of of people as well as entities who need that support or assistance in trying to make sure people understand what it is that they can do. You know, the importance of we believe in wearing the mask. And so, you know, we've had drives to where we've 
provided masks. We've provided, Wonderful. you know, resource information as well. That is outstanding. I mean, this is just what's part of what you all do. This is what the NAACP is all about. It's almost like you can be the community bulletin board because you disseminate a lot of information. A lot of people look up to you to find out what's going on. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to share with you also, Chris, one of the things that we had just uh, our last one was actually uh, in November. I think it was November the 19th. Mm-hmm. We, we, we had a series of three um, webinars, and our last one was held on the 19th of November, and it was entitled, What Can I Do When the Election and Marching Are Over? And it was a civic participation endeavor. And we had these three webinars in order to, again, enlighten the community. And so when you think about the things that have transpired, you know, the, the, the marchings and mm-hmm. the various things, and some of them are still going on, you know, we wanted to present this last one in order to be able to provide some knowledge to individuals. You know, what is it? What's next? Yes. And so we were so grateful to have uh, Dr. Freddie Haynes, uh, who is a national social activist. Yes, he and, is. He's uh, awesome. Yeah. And then we also had a panelist of uh, Mr. Jamal Watkins, Watkins, who's the vice president for civic engagement at the national level. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard the story of attorney Leon Reed, um, who walked 200 miles to Austin to meet with the governor. Absolutely amazing. Okay. And then we had a community organizer, organizer Pamela Young, and our TCU president, uh, of the, the president of the TCU chapter, mm-hmm. who is Dakia Green, uh, who is a student at TCU, and we're so proud of her. But these individuals were actually panelists with the moderator of, of Dr. Haynes, and they explored the topic of what next? You know, what is it that people can do or should be doing in order to achieve some things that are needed now that the marching and the election is over. Exactly. You just don't stop. Exactly. You've got if you're going to affect change in a positive way, you've got to continue on. You just like you said, That's you just it. can't stop. I love the way you, you speak about these things because again, you're so engaging. Your personality is absolutely wonderful. Once again, we're speaking with Estella Williams the president of the NAACP Fort Worth Tarrant County Chapter. This is Better Living. I'm Chris Arnold. And we've been talking about all the various things that you do as an organization, but I also know that you guys are so involved with various community events. In fact, uh, they just had the Fort Worth Association of Women's Club Marketplace, and you guys had a role with that. Absolutely. You know, we just try to, again, embrace. We want to be involved with community involvement. The key factor is that any persons or organization, again, that align align themselves with our principles, you know, we want to be there. We have been actively involved, you know, here in Fort Worth, Mm -hmm. uh, as with Dallas and Arlington. Our chief of police, you know, either our chief Mm -hmm. uh, will be retiring at the end of the year, I believe it is, but... We have been involved with the uh, newly hired uh, Fort Worth Police City Ma- uh, Police Monitor, right, uh, Miss Kim Neal, and so we work hand in hand with organizations, entities. Again, that is the only way 
that we can say we are believers of what it is that's in the Constitution of the United States. That is the only way that we can say we can meet the objectives, the principal objectives of our organization, and that is politically, education, social, economic, you know, for all citizens. Again, that's where our name is what it is. We want to try to remove any barriers. We want to remove, you know, any uh, racial discrimination tactics or things that are there. And the only way you can do those things, Chris, is that you you have to work hand in hand. Right. And have the, you know, education opportunity to say, you know, let's strategically look at what is, just as you quoted, made the quote. What is it? You know, why not? Yeah, why not? Let's take a look and see what it is that we can do. So we, we're just kind of, as somebody said, you're all over the place. <laughs> but again, we want to be all over the place in a positive manner. We know that, you know, there's still... We have another election that's going to be coming up soon in the spring. You know, we want to involve people, educate people, get people knowledgeable about what it is. We do our meetings every third Tuesday, as I stated earlier. They're virtual um, at 6 o'clock. And during those meetings, you know, it's an opportunity for us to, again, we normally will try and have presentations, persons that are there, to enlighten the community. And so we look forward to continuing that. We will be getting together um, a small nucleus of, of members to, again, print, make plans, a strategic plan for the organization. You know, if you don't know where, you know, you know what you want, but you got to have a plan to get there. Exactly. And so we will be, you know, putting together a strategic plan in place. So therefore, we've got some guidelines. We have as I call it, a ladder. You can't take 15 steps to reach the top. You know what I love about the organization as well? You guys are actively involved not only with elected officials, but you're also involved with the 4th Police Department, the, the Fire Department, the first responders. You're, you're, you're actually creating a dialogue with all of these different areas of the community so that they can all engage with each other. And that's what it's all about. Communication leads to Success. It leads to people having a better understanding of their roles in making the whole community a success. Absolutely. And, you know, one critical area as well that we, we have been involved in, and that is with environmental justice and climate. Ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, we, I have to mention that because, yes. again, you know, when you think about what is happening with our environment? What's happening in the climate and the, you know, it's uh, justice. We are involved with that from national level as well here at the local level. Uh, we have a young lady who actually is just um, spearheading those efforts. And there are so many things that she's, you know, involved in and trying to make sure that it is, you know, equal justice with our climate and mm -hmm. with people. You know, one of the things that we discovered is that in past, and we were involved in it in some of the communities, and I know I've heard of it in Dallas where they had the, I think it was tires or roofing material that was stacked up mm -hmm. and just really ridiculous. But here, one of the last things that we were so heavily involved in was there was a company who developed a rock crushing uh, site. 
and crushing rocks. You can imagine how that's going to affect your community, you know, the climate and the environment. Mm -hmm. And so we were involved in making sure that thing was closed down. Mm -hmm. You know, the people could not raise their windows, you know. All the dust. All the dust. And you not only was it affecting the home, but it was affecting the homeowners, the children in the community. And so, you know, we're not saying that you cannot carry out your business, but we're saying let's take a look at how it's being done. Yeah, let's do it the better way, and maybe this is a win-win for everyone. Your business doesn't necessarily close down, but you can go through some guidelines where everybody is safer. Absolutely. And so, you know, we definitely try to work with, and for the cause that is necessary in order to achieve a win-win on both, you know, on all parts. Can we talk about Miss Juneteenth, the the film that was filmed in Fort Worth? It made its television debut on BET back in November. It was uh-huh. featured both at South by Southwest in Austin and the Sundance Film Festival. Written and directed by Channing Godfrey Peoples, who's from Fort Worth. Can you talk about the NAACP and your involvement with that? Because I know that's a special project that everybody in Fort Worth was proud about. Absolutely. You know, we were so we're so very proud of Channing people. You know, she is from a a, a family of NAACP believers, mm-hmm. um, being the daughter of, of Miss Deborah Peoples, who so actively involved with the political activities here in the city. Uh, then having an, uh, her aunt, uh, Judge Mary Ellen Hicks. Uh, yes. Again, those are individuals who have memberships with NAACP, who are supporters and who are believers. And we were so proud to be able to, to support that endeavor, knowing that it made Miss Opal Lee, who we call Miss Juneteenth, mm-hmm. um, just elated to know that this was taking place. Our office was opened to the film crew in order to be able to be a site for them to dress and make up or whatever they needed to do. We actually opened the office up so that these things should be done. And so we were very, very proud and excited to be a part of that. And certainly with her acknowledging the NAACP, because why? That's what she's known of as a child as well. You know what I love about the NAACP is the active, you guys are so active with the arts and education because it goes hand in hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I would just say that to, you know, make a plug for young people, we have, like I said, AXO, Mm -hmm. uh, which is an activity that is held every year starting in the month of March. They start with the initiatives of of trying to recruit students in order to uh, display their talents. Uh, we are so fortunate here in Fort Worth that uh, with the person that has been responsible for our AXO program, Ms. Sandra Davis, mm-hmm. and now uh, she's saying that she's retiring. We have another young lady who stepped in, but they are always recruiting, trying to recruit students in order to display the talents that they have um, through the program itself. And so we just say, Shannon was one of the ones who was an EXO winner. Mm -hmm. And so it just gives an opportunity for individuals to see 
here is where I can hang my hat, gain knowledge, gain recognition for skills that I have, as well as provide an opportunity that can help me further in life. She's a prime example of what AXO represents. You know what I like also as well is the fact that, you know, Fort Worth is doing so many things, and I always call Fort Worth, the city of Fort Worth, like one of the biggest secrets in all of North Texas because it's so nice, it's so vibrant, it's so active. And I've noticed the few times I've been over to Stop 6 that there's some things going on over there as well. It's like, wow, they've got like new buildings and, and new shopping centers going up. Can you talk about some of the things that are happening in East Fort Worth? Well, you know, in East Fort Worth, I'm interested. One of our members who, um, again, is one of the community uh, advocates, um, Mr. Dante Williams, mm-hmm. he um, it grew up in the Stop 6 area. Uh, he is one who has a, I think it's, it's community front line. And they're doing the same thing. It's a partnering organization with us. He's a part of our organization. And so, again, there is a business in order to be able to work with our with the city council individual to say this is what is needed in this community. And so working hand-in-hand partnership with organizations and entities, this is how we make sure that, you know, we get the word out to say, hey, don't forget. Yeah. You know, we are an entity within the entity, and, you know, here's what we feel like needs to be done. Uh, one of the things we were actively involved in as well through our housing I don't know if you are familiar with the Cabell projects, uh, Cabell Place projects. Okay. Uh, we were very involved with what was happening with that, that particular area. That we had two sets of projects that were left, Butler Housing as well as Cabell. Mm-hmm. And we're still working with the Cabell um, initiatives as well. But those individuals were having to be moved out. But as an organization, we wanted to make sure that as these persons were being told you must move, that they were given the opportunity to have an understanding as to where they could move. Yes. Being able to understand, you know, the things that would be available to them in order to move. Uh, because, again, this was like a bolt of lightning to some of these people. Sure, they've been they there forever. Access. That's exactly not only them forever, but, you know, their their, their four parents mm-hmm. had been there. This was a, a, a flight that was going to be so devastating, and it was. But, again, we involved ourselves in it. And so now, as, you know, working with various entities within that community as well with the city, they are planning on revitalizing the area, putting in multi, you know, faceted uh, living quarters and mm-hmm. arrangements but we have been involved. We're meeting again Thursday to just be updated and see what it is that, where we are as to what we need to do. And so that is why, you know, it takes working together. You know, that word team, together yes. everyone achieves yes, ma'am. much. Yes, ma'am. You know what, you mentioned all the different things that the NAACP Fort Worth Tarrant County chapter has their fingerprints on. Can you talk about, since this is the holiday time of the year, maybe some of the things that people need to know about in Tarrant County that the NAACP is working on for the holidays? You know, one of the things that we are actually doing, um, we just get involved uh, and have arms into any little area. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are not having any special um, 
you know, program. Endeavor, yeah, program. Fun. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. One of the things that we we did just thinking about last year, and really, you know, here it is. Um, we're the plan is uh, we don't know exactly how we're going to present it because again, virtual means. Exactly. But one of the things that we did last year, and it it, it turned out to be a very uh, important uh, event. During our meeting, uh, we had, you know, we always try and have information, knowledge given, you know, tools that people can use. And so we did, uh, in last, uh, during December's meeting last year, we, uh, holiday blues, have you been invited? And, go ahead. <laughs> you know, what our name is as such, you know, there, there there were those who had an interest as to, right. oh, what is this about? Uh-huh. Um, and so, again, it's something that we need to look at because why? When you talk about holiday blues, we, our thought was when I presented it to healthcare workers mm-hmm. saying, this is my idea. We need to be able to have some information for folks because why? Money's funny. Time is sharp. And if ever that is the case now, it, it certainly is a time that we need to be able to let folks know, here's some resources. When exactly. you think in terms of not only COVID-19, but you think in terms of people being out of work, you know, it affects people emotionally. Mm-hmm. It affects them physically. Yes. And so being able to know that don't drown in your household or wherever you are, in your tears. Right. You know, here's some resources. Right. Reach out to someone and let it be known that help is needed. You know, if you're dealing with uh, that family member that's dealing with, with um, grief or mm-hmm. dealing with uh, your depression. Right. Knowing that here are some resources. And those are the kinds of things that we still want to put out there that we may not have that person employed, but we want to be the link to help you get to what it is that can get you from turning to maybe something mm-hmm. that could be life-threatening in years to come. That's especially important during the holidays because a lot of people Absolutely. deal with depression because they're not with their families or they feel alone or they dwell on themselves too much. Can you, can you, for all of our, our listeners who are wanting maybe to reach out and help, is there a phone number or an address or some information with the Fort Worth, Tarrant County, NAACP, where they can reach out and maybe donate or, or help your cause? I am so glad you asked because that was going to be something that was going to be put in place before <laughs> For sure. I got off this call. For sure. <laughs> but it's certainly, uh, you can reach us for information. Uh, we have a site of F as in Frank, T as in Texas, W as in work, dot N-A-A-C-P dot info at gmail.com. We also have a site that you can reach us at www.naacp, F as in Frank, W as in work, T as in Texas, C as in city, dot org. Or if you're interested in joining us, you can do so at naacfwtc.org. There's a place there. You can do a membership if you had a complaint or whatever. It is a site that's there. But 
also the phone number. Yes. 817-332-8919. Keep in mind, we are an organization that is for the community. We are an organization for the people. We have beliefs, as I've stated earlier, that, again, it's for all people, not just a certain group. And so we just say to you, if there's something that you have to offer, we have the space for you. We welcome you to do so. We look forward to anyone that want to. We're not a 501c3, but, again, we would love to receive donations or whatever it is that you can because membership is power. That is the only way that we have um, funds in order to carry out the things that we do. Yes, ma'am. Percentage of our membership. Yes, ma'am. And thank you so much for joining us, Mrs. Stell Williams, president of the NAACP Fort Worth Tarrant County Chapter. Thanks for listening to Better Living. I'm Chris Arnold. Have a great day, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 